This is Power Athlete Radio. With your host, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, toes forward, hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Power Athlete Radio, in effect, episode 25. Falls here. It's beautiful in Chicago. 60 degrees. Last week it was 80. Once again, I'm joined with the Luke Summers. What's up? And the man, Professor Booty, Steve Playtech. What's going on? <laughs> What's up, Denny boy? Denny boy. <laughs> wow. Just kind of rolls off the top. You know, dude. All of a sudden, that reminds me, we had uh, we, we had this competition last weekend. We were going, um, it was like Jim versus Jim. And so, like, I was one of the judges there, and one of my clients, I, I just happened to be judging her in the middle of the competition. And uh, it, it's the heat of the moment. It was some kind of, like, double-unders burpee thing. And and she drops to the ground, and, you know, and it's it's intense. And I'm like, come on. It's all heart, baby. And it seems like at that time it got really quiet. And like the other judges looked at me and I was like, I don't even know where that came from. You know? That's awesome, bro. Yeah. Awesome. I, if I could like write down half the things I blurred out in the, you know, in like the, the heat of the moment when I'm like judging or coaching people, I mean, it'd be, it'd be hilarious, dude. You'd have like, you'd have like a uh, coffee table book. Yeah. I mean, her, her husband standing right there. And I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Sorry, well, you know, it's uh, it's funny. We had a, we had a, we had a gym on gym competition, uh, this past weekend too. And, uh, that seems like it's a it's a new thing that's developing around the regions. It's uh it's quite fun. Work out as a team and crush another gym. You know, we did. We uh we brought about twelve athletes and had about thirty um members from our gym just kind of uh sit out. It was just, it was at a different location. We just moved into a bigger gym a, a few months ago, about a ten thousand square foot. And where we were at was like two thousand. Nice. I mean, it was like a storage unit, you know, <laughs> so all of our like our, you know, supporters, if you will, were like outside looking in, you know, and yeah. they had probably half of the competitors. They were a newer gym. There was some mutual uh, friendships between the two gyms. So that's how it kind of got started. But, yeah, we we went in there and crushed it. Yeah, Just nice. smashed. You know, we kind of follow the the CrossFit football template, you know, strength's a big priority yeah. and, uh, you know, heavy thrusters and the whole nine yards. And it, it really showed when you go in there with, um, uh, you know, I'm not going to say weaker athletes, but newer, more, you know, just, just getting into CrossFit maybe a couple years. So yeah. it was fun. Hey, hey, I'm just in the CrossFit a couple years. Yeah. Our, our event started with, uh, it was five events. It's uh, two hero wads as a partner, two girls as an individual, and then a strength or an endurance. And this weekend they pulled deadlift, max deadlift. And so I only had to pick up the bar three times. I was warmed up to 220 kilos and uh, I'd end up my warm ups one. So I'm with you. With strength is <laughs> strength is priority. Um, That's funny. Uh, it's pretty good. So anyway, so we should talk about power athlete. Right. Yeah. Episode, right? episode twenty-five. We're like a quarter century old. Huge. <laughs> We're all Seven grown up. Power We're, <laughs> We're like uh, making a stride towards maturity. No, no, we're not. Luke, Yo. what do you think? Uh, no, no way. No. Way. <laughs> no. You know, the I, I think there's more of a. I think the shows are becoming more fluid. Right. I mean. What when I hope. this when this started, man? I mean, I hadn't. I mean, the first time I actually like had a conversation with Steve was probably five minutes before we went. We recorded the first show. <laughs> yep. And I hadn't talked to Luke and you know in person probably for like a year since Occupy Strength. So yeah, <clears throat> those first kind of those first few shows we just kind of winged it together and 
and made it happen. And look where we're at now. We got five followers, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we're the and we're the three best Skype friends you could ever ask for. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So so, so on off air, what we do is we make each other friendship bracelets <laughs> and ship them in the mail to each other. <laughs> that is true. I'm wearing three that's, of them right now. That's a, that's a true statement. <laughs> and one on my ankle because I'm just a baller <laughs> like that. I'm, I'm working on your toe ring one right now. Then. Perfect. No, it's great, man. I hope, I hope we're living up to everyone's expectations. And it, if you want to hear about something, just like, uh, you know, it says on every post, submit it. We'll talk about it. Most likely. Uh, I think we've answered almost everything. There's a couple things in the queue. Cause we're waiting for either John or some special guests to, uh, to blow it out of the water. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, um, keep those comments rolling on iTunes. And keep those submissions coming in the power athlete. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. Uh, Luke, you got any updates coming out of HQ? Well, we just had a, a sold out house in NorCal for our team series. So we had tons and tons of athletes competing uh, and, and an amazing finish to, to the final prowler event up in NorCal where every team, every team, had a chance to win and blew it. There, so like, nobody won. Everybody was in first place at one point, and Callie, I I cannot tell you how many times Callie's uh, tells tells these athletes if you touch the cone, it is a penalty. You have to go back around and circle the cone. Every team either hit that cone or uh, one team went to go push the prowler and accidentally lifted the handles off of the prowler. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, uh, yeah. So like the removable handles and uh, and it was the final stretch and the guys at CrossFit CSA, if you don't know who that is, it's like uh, Jesse Burdick, Katie Hogan. That's their home gym. Oh, uh, nice. So Jesse's pushing a, a 50 pound prowler and it might as well be a shopping cart, dude. And he's got like he's got like 15 yards in front of the second place team uh, because that they had just pulled the handles out and they were maybe 10 yards in front of Jesse's team uh, on the final pass of this ladder. And Jesse's just basically power slides around this turn. Like he's fast and furious, Tokyo drift and, uh, and whips around this cone and clips it. And before, before Freddie, who's the judge could tell him to get back, he's moving so fast He's like three quarters of the way down the, down the stretch already. So it was like a 30 yard stretch and he's maybe already 25, 25 yards down. He's got to pull you go back around the turn. And by that time, the other team had the handles back in the prowler and uh, we're on their way to victory, man. It was like, and then before that, uh, the first place team was neither of those CrossFit CSA or caffeine and kilos, the guys who, who took it. It was another gym and uh and they hit the cone and then they had to go back and turn around and putz around with all that stuff it was just like a uh, failure in execution man it, it reminded me uh and everybody was good sport about it i mean because they were warned but uh yeah you know the uh the teams definitely lost the competition the winner didn't necessarily win it i, I shouldn't say that because they uh that team they were super strong they did great at the Metcons and they were extremely well-rounded, but uh, I'm not sure they would have pulled off the Prowler event had they not had there not been those penalties, you know? Yeah. But I mean, that's it. You know, part of this competition is a mental game. One of my athletes went to the crush games and uh, was uh, made it to the second day. It was head to head. All he had to do was uh, finish by touching a kettlebell. Instead, he ran by and started celebrating. The other guy runs up five seconds later, touches the kettlebell and he loses. So, you know, part of it is this mental game, paying attention to the rules. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're, we, well, we're not trying to, uh, I mean, you, you need to enforce those and we've, we kind of beat this one to death, beat this one to death, but, uh, we try to enforce movement standards that are fair, that are realistic, uh, when it comes to the Metcons, but it's really about performance, right? And that's and when yeah. you get into the whole power athlete methodology, when you come to our seminar, we hang our hats on performance and, uh, and part of that part of sport, part of anything are, are just that the technicalities, but, uh, overall it was a great event, tons and tons of, uh, uh, attendees, spectators. It was, it was our largest team series. Um, so that was, that was a ton of fun. Me, me, John, Ben, Callie, and, uh, our other coach, Chris, we all went out there and, and helped out with the event. 
Ben had to stay home and watch the gym. So he, he drew the short straw, but uh, <laughs> it was a good time. And uh, it was at Freddie Camacho's gym. Freddie's been on the show before and uh, yeah. Freddie's just awesome. Him and China are just awesome people and they're great hosts and everything. So it's always fun to go up there and hang out with those guys. Cool. And you had Ingo uh, DJ the other yeah, time, right? And that's the whole reason I brought it up. I mean, he, uh, he crushed it, man. Like it's, it's, it's completely. You can tell the difference being at some of these events, um, at being at some of these events, or even reviewing the film. So when I get the film from the GoPros and I cut it up for the lifts, uh, there's just like either an iTunes playlist or it's like silent. Ingo had the place like electric the whole time. He had a, an awesome set of uh, jams going and. Uh, and he was throwing some of his like own personal faves in there. And I think he was, he was amazed that people were digging it. I don't know. It was, it was a good time. He, he's a super cool dude. And uh, since the last time I saw him at the seminar, which was maybe 10 months ago, he put on like 12 or 15 pounds. He's jacked. Nice. Yeah. Dude. Nice. So he's coming up to 200 pounds, which is the adult male weight that uh, all adult <laughs> males over five foot six should weigh. And, uh, but he's a little worried because his sport is volleyball. So he's right. got a, you know, He's got to be able to jump and move quick. And and uh, so I asked him, I'm like, hey, are you going to be able to move around with this weight? And he's like, I think I should be able to handle it. So it'd be interesting to hear uh, hear how it goes once the season starts up. He's been following the program for a few years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I've seen his name on the comments. And you do that, you're going to get bigger, faster, and stronger. I mean, it yeah, just he, happens. So he's, I think, over two years in. And uh, he's still making making gains, you know, and it's yep. it goes to show like it, it is a long road. And uh, that's where that a lot of these programs, especially people who like start CrossFit and see the best gains of their lives in you know, six, eight weeks. And they expect it to stay like that forever. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, you, it's it's a it's a whole different battle after that. That first 90 day window. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's still it's still you know, just, it's all about consistency. And that's one thing Ingo is, is he's consistent. It's consistent with his diet, sleep, uh, and training. And that's, that's going to get you results. But cool. uh, yeah, outside of that team series, we're going like, we're going full bore right now on, uh, on Wade's army. Nice. So, you know, just, and we, t- we talked quite a bit about it last week, but you know, this is, uh, we do, we like to think we do a lot for for the community. We give out a we give away a lot of information and uh, and one of our mottos, jokingly and and sincerely, is people helping people. And and this is something that John's super super, uh, you know, super close to, super enthusiastic about. So if you guys are out there and you don't know what Wade's Army is, uh, click on the little W on PowerAthleteHQ.com in the left navigation area or just go to wadesarmy.powerathletehq.com all the info is there and basically we're we're trying to we're trying to beat neuroblastoma which is a a really nasty uh, uh, I guess condition disease and and it it struck close to home for John and uh, and it's something we're going to go full bore on so get on board if you have any questions email wadesarmy at powerathletehq.com but that website should tell you everything you need to know to get to get on board. And, uh, you know, just cause our badge of honor, uh, within, within our, our circle is a shirt. We're going to have a Wade's army shirt for donations over 30 bucks, uh, some well food co, um, snacks as well. So it's going to be big. And the cool thing is this year over last year's, you can start a team essentially. And, uh, and you know, fundraising goals, uh, of, uh, they're set out on the website, but I believe thousand dollars or more for a team is going to get you a banner and some other swag. And, and we're, we're getting all the details finalized, but uh, get out there, get your donations in. Let us know if we can help you. Uh, and uh, let's make this Wade's Army thing a huge, huge success. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think what makes it worse is uh, it seems it just attacks, you know, kids like five and under. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that just doesn't sit well with most with most people. Uh, I, I think in communication, Texas had said uh, a few days ago that you guys are already at like eight percent of the goal. Yeah, we're getting there, and uh, you know, John, we so John's goal was a hundred grand, and uh, 
and we we kind of talked them down based off of last year and some realistic reach. But uh, I think this year we're we're shooting for maybe thirty grand as uh, as our goal. But but I know every time we talk about this, John's like bump it up to a hundred, bump it up to a hundred. So if uh, we can make John's dream come true, then uh, we should do it. But uh, any any contribution, man, you know, and, and I'm gonna get on the horn here with my my boys back in Chicago, Denny. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna talk to Neil and some some of the guys over at uh, Amplifying CrossFit Carbon and people I know that that can relate that have kids and uh, you know it, it's super important to us and uh, we want to see what we can do to to build an army. I mean that's why we're calling it Wade's Army is to support this Wade's Wings Foundation. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're on board. We uh, we're going to assemble a team. Um, we're going to send out some information to the members. I kind of briefed them a little bit on it as far as um, making some some donations before October 20th, so you can get your shirt before the WAD on November 11th. Well, it's, it's, uh, the WAD's actually so we we misspoke last episode. It's November 12th. So uh, November 12th was was the date that Wade passed away from his battle, and uh, that's the day that we're going to honor him on. So it's um, the WAD will be on November 12th. We'll be posting on CrossFitFootball.com on Power Athlete HQ, uh, and that's where we want, uh, or that's when we want all the all the gyms that we can can get around the country, around the globe, to step up and and help knock it out. You know. Does that mean the reps are going to be changed to 12? No, no, it'll, it'll be the same as last year. Um, so it, it's it's uh, 11, 12, 11 is, uh, was the date. Nice. Steve, what's going on in the background there? You got some weights dropping? Caleb, Caleb's throwing around a few few uh, kilos. He's clean and jerking right now. So it's she's probably in the 150s. Uh, kilograms. Nice. <laughs> just, just working some percentages. Let's see. Nice. What else? What else do I have for you guys? Uh, we got a cert this week or tomorrow in San Diego. Uh, so if you're in San Diego and you want to, you want to have a great time, get signed up. It's never too late. We're going to be out there doing our thing for CrossFit football and and spreading the word uh, on a, on that program. Who's uh, who's going to be the the coaches there? You. Yes, and all, me and Callie are going to be traveling with John, and then uh, one of our coaches at Balboa. We're going to bring him along just because it's always nice to keep you know keep everybody up to date on what we're doing, keep them exposed to the the power athlete methodology because that's that influences everything we do everywhere. So our coach Chris, uh, who who helped out with the team series as well, call him Sprague or Sprague the Leg. He's going to be there as well, interning. Nice, cool. All right, so going with uh, the power athlete methodology, um, I came across an article a few days ago on uh, the, the website was called All Things Gym. Um, it was titled Programming Training Intensity for Weightlifters. And what, what kind of stood out to me was in this article, this guy was making uh, an argument on a Soviet style of training, a, a strength training program, uh, maybe working up to 80% and not exceeding that versus more of a Bulgarian style where uh, you're at near maximum loads like every single training session. Mm -hmm. And because there's really no like universally appropriate training method, I mean, the Bulgarians kind of dominated the Olympics for a while than the Russians did. So, you know, you, you can't say one's better than the other. Um, you know, coming from a person like in the early 90s, I mean, most of my training and the info I can find came out of Flex Magazine, you know, and, and they preached at that time that uh, more is not necessarily better. You know, you'll, you'll become overtrained. You, mm -hmm. you know, overtraining is like this, you know, this evil word. So, so don't push yourself. Don't go past like these certain limits. And it seems like that, that they're wrong that, you know, we had Caleb Williams on the show, uh, uh, what a month or so ago. And he said he squatted like four times a week, you know, and I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on that. Both of your guys' opinions on on the two different styles and, and how or why do you feel like like more is better 
if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Let's go ahead and start with you. Well, more, I mean, it, it all, what's interesting here is you have to take into account the, the, the athletes age in terms of training age, you know, what they're talking about with these lifters or what really where these articles are, are coming from is, is reviewing performance on the best lifters in that region. You know, um, I guess I've tried both of them uh, in the sense that CrossFit football is has a, a heavy Soviet influence. Uh, you know, we we read a lot on Zadiskorsky and, and uh, a lot of what they what's said in super training. We take that into consideration, have tested it and find it to work the best. Uh, we've also tested the Bulgarian style, which is essentially the majority of your training lists are going to be over that 90 percent. And they talk about one RMs and, and remember that something to remember on the RM is is a rep max has to do with your daily training matrix. So um, they both worked. They both worked in terms of I got stronger. But uh, one thing I noticed when I was hitting rep maxes and I kept pushing over 90 percent is uh, and, and I didn't correctly apply the rep max principle out of the gate, uh, but I started to get slow and I started to get grindy and I wasn't able really to move uh, in the sense of Metcons and CrossFit football style Metcons. Uh, so there was a issue there where we kept hitting these intensity lifts over 90% and we were strong, powerful, but all we could really do is squat, <laughs> you know? So if you, it depends again, what it all goes back to, what are you training for? Would I consider this a, you know, the Bulgarian style, a, optimal training system for field sport athletes not necessarily but you got to remember what the objective is for these weightlifters too so yeah i you know when you said that hitting those 90 percent or greater um you started you started getting slow um in super training mel sif talks about that and he says that um that if he, there was cases where when that started happening, people would kind of, they would back off of the, say, the Bulgarian style. And then maybe within like seven days or, or so, that's when they really saw the strength increase. And did you, you know, after you, you said that you got slow when you backed off on that, say like a week later, did you kind of start experiencing the, uh, the benefits of that kind of training or no? Well, um, I guess I never really, you mean, you mean after like the 11 weeks, did I get strong? I was, yeah, for sure. I was stronger. And, uh, what was interesting is I think, uh, two or three weeks after we had done this, this Bulgarian template that we were going to see if we could put on the football site, uh, we had programmed Fran at the gym at CrossFit Balboa. And I mean, the, Anyone who's tried this style of training will, you know, if you're going to work up to a one RM and do, you know, some sort of squat, uh, pull and press and hit a couple drop steps after that, your training takes about three to four hours. I mean, it's a big chunk of time. So our members, yeah. our members saw us training, uh, and we're like, why don't you guys do any Metcons? Why aren't you conditioning? We're like, well, that's not what we're testing right now. You know? So they called that. We got called out on Fran day and, uh, you know, I think at that time I was front squatting like 180 kilos. Uh, when I had 180 to, kilos, yeah, damn, dude. When I had to do a 95 pound thruster, it was like this thing is a paperclip. So I was able to just kind of relax and go through these thrusters super quick. And I think that was my lifetime best ever, Fran. PR was doing, uh, you know, these 45 thrusters and 45 pull-ups, I think. And I think I got like uh 251 and uh, Ben got like 230. So we crushed this thing and we were absolutely amazed. And uh, it just kind of went back to, uh, you know, being stronger for things like that uh, is, is a definite advantage and a definite game changer. So, uh, after that, we, we went into more of like a, a max effort dynamic template and, and I was, I was strong on my singles and triples, but once I would go into fives or greater, uh, I was just, I was too winded under the bar to, 
to do anything. So I definitely got stronger, but I suffered on, on the higher rep lifts. Yeah. And, and so, you know, CrossFit football, they're, they're, they're big on the hit your rep max and then kind of back off and do, you know, three sets at 90 or whatever. Right. And, um, which I would call that more like Soviet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty influenced on that just because we see it, while you're getting these strength gains, you're also, um, you're tapping into the energy systems that support a sport that is high horsepower, short duration, uh, where a bigger, stronger, more rigid frame is going to be an advantage to you, but you also need to be able to handle, um, the volume, so to speak of, of the required movement duration, right? So if you're going to be rocking, uh, you know, rolling around on a play for seven to 15 seconds, you got to be able to handle that and be able to do that over and over again. Nice. Steve, uh, you got an opinion on this? Uh, I'm honest with you. My opinion concurs with Luke. I mean, I think you're right. When you go into that, like super compensation mode, um, you're going to get stronger and it's going to make Metcons feel different, but it's about the athlete. And I think it's, uh, one of the things that, uh, Luke mentioned the last question was, uh, or maybe it's this question, training age. Um, I, I think, um, what I found is training up to the maxes works pretty well for the first couple of weeks, maybe even months for beginning at to get them somewhere. And then backing off to sort of a more percentage-based thing is what our advanced athletes do because they still have to move. They still have to um, do a mech on CrossFit, uh, that sort of thing. But in the beginning athlete, their rep maxes are – they're still building it almost like the amateur template in the sense that they're uh, they're not as beat down because they're not they're not quite at those true – um, pushing the limits of their physiology rep maxes yet. So yeah, I think, I think Luke's spot on. You know, that's, I'm as, as we're going through this discussion, I have, uh, I got the super training book open and, and he, they're talking about that, that like a Bulgarian style. Um, if you're a novice, you know, it's going to put you in the grave because you, (laughs) your CNS isn't even, it's not even, primed yet to recover from that kind of yeah. that kind of beatdown. You know, it's like you have no business doing it. And then going into like a more of a Soviet approach seems just to be more practical um, to kind of reach those desired goals and build up and create that strength threshold, right? So that threshold that you're building and then eventually after, you know, what, it reminds me kind of like the amateur template, you know, after 20 or so weeks, you're going to have to either change the stimulus or increase the volume. And that's exactly what CrossFit football does. Yeah. Um, so they're obviously taking that strength threshold into consideration. Yeah. You're going to, you will get strong. I mean, you will get strong following CrossFit football and, uh, and we we've done the work. We've tried everything out and for better or worse, you know, we've, we've landed, I guess selfishly for better or worse, not for everybody on the other end of this thing. Cause I got, I got you smashed by that Bulgarian template. Oh my gosh. Like physically, psychologically, emotionally, it was a rough one for me, but you know, I, when we, when we've had Callie on the show, she, it, it sounds like when, when you guys brought her on board, you kind of, <laughs> that's what you put her on. Exactly. Right? Like it, I kind of like have this, this mental picture of like her coming in, kind of telling you her background and then you guys are like oh so you're pretty strong all right let's see follow this template for a while and and let's see how you react yeah and my my absolute i mean i think i ended up front squatting when i started back squatting for for rms and uh i put like um as, as a relatively advanced lifter i mean i've been following football for a while i had been been doing crossfit and uh or uh, CrossFit football. And then prior to that, been doing CrossFit with some, some strength training and then came out to work with John and, and Ben at Balboa and, and was put on a, a strength program then that I, I had no idea what I was doing, but now to look back, it was a, uh, it was kind of a hypertrophy type deal, but I was relatively strong and, and established as a lifter. And then I still managed to put on like 35 kilos on my back squat, which uh, in the period of 11 weeks, 
but um that's huge it was amazing dude i like i couldn't believe it i couldn't i could not believe it but uh you know in the most remedial sense uh i, I really hadn't been doing singles and uh if you want to get good at singles you should probably do some singles now would i recommend doing five a week every day <laughs> you know um <laughs> like suicide squat program yeah dude like uh Something not like that not for the average lifter you know, it was uh, one thing I, I'm lucky I had training partners because, uh, there's f- four of us doing it at the time. And, uh, if it wasn't for them, I probably would have, uh, I hate to admit it, but I probably would have fucking quit. Like I had better things to do for that four hour period than suffer and get beat down by a barbell, like rep in and rep out, you know, Luke, Luke, what is wrong with you? You hate to work out, don't you? No, 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 no. I hate to suffer. Yeah. Okay. So you hate to suffer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And not okay, only that, so. like that was also like my, uh, you know, the one thing about CrossFit football, uh, being on the seminar staff and being involved is, um, you know, it's not a right, it's a privilege and you kind of got to prove yourself in terms of your, your ability to present and work on and understand the content. And I'm trying to like, at this point in my life, I'm like, I want to be on the seminar staff. I wasn't really on, I was kind of an intern and I, you know, I had no time to, to manage the gym, uh, and work on my, my presentation and my, my, you know, do study for the cert as well as, you know, keep my girlfriend happy. Who's been, who'd moved across the country for me. So I, like, it was just like a lot of things were piling up on me. Not to mention that I'd say four out of five days you're failing your lifts, you know, you're, you're, you're failing your one RM attempts and, uh, just getting beat down. So it was dark days, but, but you know what? Like in hindsight, it was a great program. I got stronger, (laughs) but it just like, it gave, it gave me just a little bit of insight to what these, what elite weightlifters and elite strength athletes like what they need to go to go through psychologically and physically to be the best. And, uh, you know, John was telling me about uh, a discussion he had with Romanoff and I'm, I, I don't want to butcher this, but you know, when it came down to it, the, the athletes, like they checked all these data points and put together all these matrices trying to develop the perfect template for, to get, to build the strongest athletes. And what it came down to is regardless of the volume and, uh, because they were, they were weighing, uh, you know, the Soviet style versus Bulgarian style and all these other variables. What it came down to is the athletes who lift the most weight or run the fastest in their training are the ones who lift the most weight or run the fastest in competition. Like that's what it came down to. That was the result of these thousands of data points. So, uh, you know, when you look at it like that, if you, if you are required to lift heavy weight for your sport, you need to be lifting heavy weight in your training. Um, and and often and often. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess the, the other end of that is you shouldn't be lifting lightweights. You know, if you're objective, if you want to get strong, you want to stay strong. If you find yourself training, uh, regularly, with reps under, let's say 65%, then you're not going to get stronger. So, right, right. Well, Steve and I were talking about this. Um, I think last week before the show started, say you were not, you were hitting that 90% every single day, you know, two to three hours a week of that intense weight training and you didn't condition at all. Are you st- are you still going to have a certain work capacity to maybe, you know, uh, well, you kind of referenced how you guys worked Fran pretty well, um, more of a weightlifting movement, but say, say like, would that improve your sprint time? Uh, no, give me some other kind of conditioning thing, you know, something outside of like barbell training, just that, just that effect on your CNS and, all the other, you know, like your sympathetic nervous system and all the other, you know, parts of your nervous system, would it, would it kind of prep you in those fields? Do you think? Here's what it would do. Um, you can't look at these, I guess in this case, if you're talking about a work capacity based training effect, you're going to, you're going to detrain that with the style, this style of programming, right? But you will get stronger 
and a more efficient central nervous system. And what you have effectively done is built a more sound foundation to now transfer. If you were to change your training stimulus, uh, you are now a bigger, stronger, more efficient athlete. And, and then you could now shift your training stimulus to be more work capacity focused. And I mean, that's what these, that's what these elite CrossFit athletes and sport of fitness athletes are doing in their off season. They're doing this Soviet type training. You know, they're hitting one RMs, they're hitting three RMs uh, and they're getting stronger. And then, you know, what, what, four, four months out, they shift gears and what's the primary training response to their training. They start with double days and then they go to their triple days and they go to their four days or whatever the hell they're doing. You know, so it's like, uh, think of it more like an order of operations. You want to build that efficient platform uh, where strength and quality of movement and, uh, uh, you know, an efficient central nervous system will translate over to, can translate over to speed, can translate over to more efficient work capacity. So it doesn't happen at the same time, Denny, but it's a component of it. You're, you know, you're training those components. Yeah. And I might just add that when you're doing that kind of training, um, while you don't necessarily, um, uh, maintain or improve work capacity. And in fact, you may detrain it. You still maintain a sense of GPP. I mean, when you're when you're moving heavy weights a lot, there's still a sense of general physical preparedness. It's just not in the CrossFit work capacity kind of way. Dude, we 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 talked about GPP yesterday for maybe two and a half hours on what is GPP. So we had a roundtable yesterday with uh, uh, Callie, John, Ben, and I, and we we the plan was for us to dry run some lectures, you know, and, and work on the the seminar. And, and part of, part of the, the introductory lecture is GPPS, GSP and SPP, which, uh, general specific, general physical preparedness, general specific preparedness and, uh, specified physical preparedness. All right. John, between John, me, Callie and Ben, we debated on what seemingly nothing, like we came to no results about GPP other than anything you do is GPP because it's general, it's broad. Uh, so yeah, lifting weights is going to establish a, some sort of base level of GPP. But if you choose to equate GPP to work capacity, uh, it will reduce your level of, you know, your threshold for work capacity, if that makes sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Makes Absolutely. Total sense. So, you know, if, if you talk about GPP training, oh my gosh, like I can't tell you, like it kind of gives me the shivers because like we were just going round and round accomplishing nothing for like two hours, but uh, absolutely you're going to have a level of GPP and you know how much GPP you need enough to, to compete in your sport. You took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, right? That's the thing. If you're a power athlete who does powerlifting or weightlifting, you need enough GPP to put the barbell over your head. You don't need to run a marathon in between lifts or climb a rope. Right, right. No, just recovering time between to, your lifts to make you know, your next one lift. minute or so. Maybe so. a little longer. Yeah. Maybe a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Do we, well, do we do we cover that, Denny? Or what do you I think? Yeah. So I think so. I uh, I appreciate your guys' input. You know, that's a that's kind of a hot topic, a big debate, a lot of. A lot of people like to write articles on, you know, it's like everybody's kind of searching for the perfect training system, which there is none really. Yeah, that's true. Danny, I think you're spot on. I mean, the the take home message really, I think, is that, you know, uh, Luke says it time and time again. John says it. They're programming for the masses. Right. What they found. What they found is that that this program, sort of Soviet-based influence, whatever you would call it, works really well for 20, 30, 50,000 people. But I think the person looking for the perfect program needs to look for the perfect personalized program. And that's why when people come in, they're like, just give me Caleb's program. Well, no, it's designed for Caleb. Get a, get a coach and get a program and get better. Yeah. And I think that's really the, the, the take-home message. You read an article on the interwebs and uh, it's not going to make you a national champion. Get a coach who can personalize the program to you, see your weaknesses, work your mobility, your position, and then put some weight on the bar. All of a sudden, you're a pretty good weightlifter. I mean, yeah, it hasn't happened. It hasn't happened that way for me. And my coach happens to be a national champion. But I'm saying for the average, reasonably well-fit adult male, which I'm not sure that I classify in that well. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's kind of you know that's one of what I like about uh, the you know the guys CrossFit football template is. 
you know, hit that rep max, what you're capable of that day. You know, some days you, you only get maybe one meal or two in before you can get to the gym. You didn't have the greatest amount of sleep. You know, Steve, you and I were talking about the difference between a competition max and a training max. You know, if on those days where, you know, you just got to kind of go in and move the dirt. If you can just go in there and a template tells you to hit a three rep max and then whatever that is, accept it. And then back off, hit three sets at 90% of that. You're going to, it's going to help you uh, strive to that at that adaptation that they're looking for. And uh, that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's why there's a lot of success and why that works when you try to program for 20,000 plus. Oh yeah. I, I don't want that. I didn't want that to come across like CrossFit football was doing something wrong. No, I'm just no. saying when you have these, these internet uh, articles about the, you know, trying to find the perfect program to make the perfect weightlifter. If you go into any gym that has serious weightlifters, each one of them has their own program. Um, no, I agree. I think move the dirt. I mean, there's plenty of days I walk into the gym and I'm just here to move the dirt and get out. There's other days I come in and I am jacked up and ready to lift. And the difference between a training max and a competition max, I mean, tra- you know, in competition, uh, I, I mean, just adrenaline alone, right? Let alone the audience and that sort of thing is gonna it's gonna jack you up if if you're if you're not overwhelmed by that anxiety of competition. Right. Right. Cool. All right. So we got a uh, we got a submission to the power at. Let's get into power athlete submission first. Um, Blake Keith wrote in and he asked. What lifts directly help increase your vertical jump or what accessory work can be done to help increase my vertical jump? And he gives his current, uh, his current numbers. Uh, he's got a current vertical of 24 inches and his goal is 30 inches or more. Uh, Luke, you know, you wrote that beautiful article uh, a couple months ago that I think we didn't throw you enough love on there. But it was really well written and ex- explained everything, I thought, like to the T. So this has got Luke Summers written all over it. Well, it's, this, I guess it's a good thing I'm on the on the, the Internet. It's a right yeah. Now. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I guess the lifts that that are going to directly increase helping directly help. Uh, OK. All, all, all of them, I guess. Um so anything that's going to promote violent hip extension, which are going to be your squats and your, your Olympic variations of the lift are going to help promote violent hip extension, which is a primary component of, I guess the jump that he's looking for. So when you talk about vertical jump testing of anybody who, who's never done it, basically what you do is you walk up to this, this vertex uh, measurement device, you reach up as high as you can reach uh, your fingertips. And that is considered your standing reach. And ultimately what the device will measure is spinal displacement. So your ability to jump up, touch as high as you can, and then uh, and then that's your vertical jump. Uh, you know, I, I think the article you're talking about, Denny, is is vertical, the kind of the vertical jump versus the box jump, where a box jump isn't necessarily a true representation of your ability to displace your, your spine and your hips uh, vertically. So... Uh, the reason this is important to people and in sports is it it's a it's a biomarker for power and your ability to move your body. Right. So uh, any sort of Olympic lifting uh, is going to help. That's assuming that, uh, you know, we prefer the power variations of lifts because it's going to force you to fully extend. Um, now, I, again, I'm not talking about like elite level lifters and, uh, you know, your Caleb Williams guy. I, of the world. Uh, but what we commonly see now, remember we see hundreds of athletes a year and we teach them how to very briefly, how to, uh, how to Olympic lift and people who can, who are capable of getting in position for the full variations of the lift, whether it's a snatch or a clean typically dive under the bar and they won't focus on violently extending their hips to full range of motion. They do just enough to, to put themselves in a position to quickly retreat under the bar and then stand the bar up, which is fine. If that's what gets them, if that's what they're training for, they want to be able to lift up the most weight that they can, uh, through a full variation of lift. Good, good on them. But if you're teaching an athlete how to jump, 
what you have to understand is your hips, knees, and ankles will hit this full extension. And people talk about triple extension all the time, but you need to hit that extension in order to optimally displace your body for a vertical jump test. So I would promote the power variations of lifts, uh, whether that's a power snatch, uh, power clean, and then do some squatting. And when you, when you're squatting, focus on speed. Now in terms of accessory, uh, I love that term accessory lifts. Uh, if you want to get good at jumping, start jumping more and, uh, you know, get, get a couple books, uh, super training is basically the encyclopedia of <laughs> everything you need to know in there about training and getting better is going to be in, in that book. But, um, you know, you need to now, uh, if you haven't done any sort of plyo program, you're going to need to look into some sort of plyometrics and, uh, you know, that's going to be unilateral, bilateral bonding, single response, multiple response. And you're going to have to essentially understand as as Blake's level, I'm assuming he's going to be pretty novice to some sort of to plyometric training. You have to understand how to progress your volume and how to how to progress. And, uh, you know, whether it's in a linear fashion or you're going to be balancing volume and intensity jumping days, you're going to have to figure out how to pair that up. And uh, I I've been talking about Sprague quite a bit today, but him and I went on like a, a six week plyo program uh, that we put together and uh, and he paired it up with an Olympic lifting template and I paired it up with CrossFit football. And I think um, after five or I had to bail early because why did I bail early on that program? I forget, but he went to the completion. He put like seven inches on his vertical and then uh, I only went four or five weeks into mine and I was able to put five inches on my vertical. So damn it, uh, it, it worked, you know, and uh, you know, that's one thing we're looking at here is, you know, here's a perfect example. Uh, Blake wants to put Blake wants to focus or tailor his training for vertical jump. Okay. Um, you know, we've had people wanting to focus their training on leaning out. Okay. Uh, we've had people want to focus their training on, uh, on a particular lift. I just want my squat is terrible. I want to get my squat up. My deadlifts terrible. I want to get my deadlift up. My press is terrible. I want to get my press up. Um, you know, there's at the end of the day, what CrossFit football is a shell. Uh, it's only one layer to a stack of a complete program, if that makes sense. So think of all the layers you could stack on a, on CrossFit football to make yourself a better jumper, to make yourself a better sprinter, to make yourself a better squatter. And, uh, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we have to program to the masses and, and try to, and we've put together, we know we've put together a program that effectively drives a training response to get you bigger, stronger, and faster. Now, can you, can you tinker with that? For vertical jump, yeah, we did it, and it worked. You know, so uh, we're trying to figure out the best way to put something out there. So it's kind of like a choose your own adventure book, right? You, you guys remember that shit where you like skip to page yeah. 30, skip to page thirty four if you want to go to the murder mystery. Uh, well, um, you know, Tex and I have been brainstorming how can we how can we utilize CrossFit football and give people a little more specification because our big deal is what are you training for? You know, right. And you're in luck if you are um, if you're an untrained amateur athlete, we have at least uh, a year endeavor for you that is 100 percent optimal and will make you better across the board. And that's just following CrossFit football. And, uh, you know, if you want to get really good results uh, after that, you can just follow CrossFit football. Right. Just follow right. it to a T. Be consistent. It's worked. I mean, you got guys guys who hit us up all the time and they're like, it's amazing how well this works. I need to know, like, why does this work? And it's like, well, come to the cert. We'll tell you. And uh, but uh, if at any way along that that journey, you need to stop off and put focus on, you know, that's something we just don't have the infrastructure for right now. You know, um, so. Right. I, don't know. I, I hope I answered the question. I kind of went off. Uh, you know, my answer is uh, really focus on pulling the shit out of the bar on your your power variations and lifts. And in terms of accessory work, you got to do some plyos. Yeah. Nice. Do you, uh, Luke, do you happen to have, could you maybe post um, like a link to uh, maybe like a beginner's plyometric workout or something just to, just so this guy doesn't get on the interwebs and end up hurting himself or something. Cause yeah. one of the things you have to be careful with on plyometrics is like you said, the volume and not basically 
crushing things like your Achilles and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me do that. Just, just as kind of a, a yeah, precaution, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. No, that's okay. that's smart, Steve. Um, yeah, get a coach. That would help. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my but, next uh, point. Get a coach. Uh, yeah, so what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll just put a little template out for like, uh, you know, a couple weeks. Try this out, throw it in uh, pre-workout and see how, it, see how it treats you. But I guess keep your eyes peeled. I think uh, I think what we got to do is because ultimately what we don't what we hate is the Internet. But what we love is the Internet. Right. right. In the sense that there's so much shit out there. Um, and uh you know, at one of the certs, it was actually up in at One World, uh, maybe a year or so ago. Uh, guys coming out or was talking to me about how much you know, standard. Uh, the certs great. You guys are the best. Uh, you know, all the great stuff that people always tend to say. But he's like, uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm I'm so amazed that people like that people find the search so fascinating because all this information is out there and he goes, yeah, it is. But do you know how much bullshit's out there? And he's like, a lot of us aren't smart enough to sniff out the bullshit yet just because of our experience, you know? And, um, and it got me thinking like people are lying to you to sell you shit. You know, they do it all the time. And, uh, that's, I guess something we hang our hat on is, you know, we're, we're not going to put out anything one that we haven't tried and tested. And, uh, and two, that that doesn't work. So, you know, John was talking about uh, just the other day, like uh, the the traffic that comes to either talk to me, Johnny or uh, power athlete on bulking or getting jacked, like for search terms and stuff is far outweighs. I want to be a better football player. You know what I mean? So it, it makes you think and, uh, you know, what are people training for? Like there is that guy out there who's like, Hey, I want to get a 500 pound squat and he has measurable goals, but in actuality, you know, what's in the back of his head when he's doing hammer curls after his workout in the mirror, he's like, I want to fucking look good, you know? And there's no, there's no problem with that. Like you want to look the part. So, so we're trying to figure out how we can skin all this thing and all these, these programs. And we've done it and we've provided for people at the gym and in our personal training sessions and all this stuff and uh, share it with the world. We're trying to figure out the best way to do that. So I guess one thing I could say for Blake is like, I'll put together a little plyo program for, you know, for a couple of weeks and then uh, maybe, or hopefully down the horizon, you're going to see some ways to stack some stuff onto CrossFit football workouts to, to give you a more specific training response. Very nice. Very nice. nice. Yeah. Hey, listen, right. fellas, fellas, I got to run. Cause I got some, uh, some speaking of training, I got some people here that I have to train. Um, I'm at the gym today, so I'm going to have to sign off. All right. I think, is there anything else, Denny? Um, you know, we, I, I think we're good. Uh, for the listeners out there, get ready for next week's show. Um, we're going to bring on John Meadows. He's, uh, bodybuilding, but his, uh, his nutrition philosophy, I guess, really is similar to the, you know, the CrossFit football diet, you know, primal paleo uh, philosophy. So get ready for that show. And uh, I, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Thanks, guys, as always. And uh, again, you know, just quick plug, check out the cert schedule. And more importantly, get on Wade's Wings. Uh, get on the Wade's Army site and and poke Heck around yeah. there. Uh, we got to blast that out. So check out Wade's Army, powerathletehq.com. Sounds cool. good. Sounds good. All right, good. guys. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Talk to y'all later. All See right. you guys. Later. Bye.